2 Corinthians, if you would, chapter number 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Amen, Nathan. Thank you again for the good song service this morning. Thank the Lord for we do have a place to hope and hold on to and cling to. We have someone that's doing that to us. And we're so thankful that He thinks that much of us. Cling to that cross today. Amen. 2 Corinthians chapter number 3, if you would, verse 1. Paul says to the church at Corinth, 2 Corinthians 3, 1, Do we begin again to commend ourselves? Or need we, as some others, epistles of commendation to you or letters of commendation from you? Paul simply saying to the church, Are we having to commend ourselves? Are we having to go on what we think of ourselves and what you think of us? And does our commendation come from you or do we have to receive one from you? Is, is, that, is that what this thing's come to? He said, some others seem to have to have that. In that first verse there. They have to have epistles of commendation to you. Letters from you. It seems like the word of mouth and the word of man seems to matter too much. What folks think and what they... Well, could, could I commend him to your service? Or could, could we recommend? I'll I tell you what. Most of the time, I wouldn't go highly recommended for anything much if it was left to mankind. I'm glad I wasn't called to preach by the commendation of man. Uh, wouldn't have done a very good job with it at all. There's some things we just can't do without, and that is that, that God is our commendation. He is our help. He is our guide. He's the one that, you know, some people say, well, if you can just get that letter and carry it with you, they give you that letter of recommendation, boy, it'll really help you go places. We don't need man's stamp of approval on what we do. It's good when you get it, but when you don't, you still got to have God's approval. His commendation. I wasn't even going to preach that. I just like what I read, so I'll preach a little while on it. But he said, ye are our epistle written in our hearts. You're our letter. You're, you're what's written in our hearts. You're our commendation. Known and read of all men. For as much as you are manifestly declared to be the epistle of Christ ministered by us, written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God, not in tables of stone, but in fleshly tables of the heart. And such trust have we through Christ to God. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. Y'all remember verse 5 if you would. And then six, who also have made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter or of the law, but of the Spirit. For the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. Back to verse 5, if you would. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. That's our title text verse today, I guess. There are some things we can't do without. There's a lot of things we ought to do without these days. There's some things we need to do without these days. There's some things I could do without these days. I'm not going to get on my list of pet peeves and likes and dislikes. Well, I might a little bit. But anyway, there are some things that we can do without, believe it or not. Folks before us made it without some of those modern conveniences that we rely on so much. We can do without some things. I'll just leave it at that, all right? 
If I get started, I won't know when to quit and where to quit, all right? But there are some things that we could do without. There are some things that we could make it without. And it would drive some people absolutely crazy for a day or two till they figure out that, hey, I really can do without it. Richie turned his TV off not too long ago. Any of y'all tried that lately? And uh, got time to turn it back on. He didn't get really excited about that. He said, boy, I've enjoyed some things I'd forgotten about. I mean, we stay wrapped up with that TV. But you can do without it. Can you? Can a week or two anyway, can't you, Richie? Anyway, he, uh, I, <laughs> it'll be all right. Just, just nod like this, I'm right. Okay. Okay, that was all for y'all. I got to start over now for Richie. All right. I could do without all that if you want to know the truth. There are some things we can do without. Some things that would put a lot of pressure on us to do without. Some things that we don't think we could do without. But then there are some things that we can't do without. We're not sufficient, he said in verse five, within ourselves. Sufficiently, sufficiency does not lie within us. We're not able. You said to do what? <laughs> Just name it. We're not able. All right. So I'll look at those things maybe today that we just can't do without. All right. Let's pray together. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity we have to stand here. Thank you for letting us just share your word and preach and do that that you want done and say that that you want said. I pray that's the way it'll be today, God, that you'll give us that liberty and that freedom to just preach your word. Folks could receive and be helped in some way. Strengthen us and show us and guide us, God. Teach us by your word how we could walk closer to you, how we could be more of what we're supposed to be. Teach us and show us as only you can, Lord, and we'll praise you for all that you say to us. In Jesus' sweet name, amen. Amen. There's some things that we can't do without. We're not sufficient, he said in verse 5. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. Sufficiency, that being enough. That's what sufficiency is all about. Being enough. And within ourselves and as of thinking of ourselves, we're not enough. I mean, some folks think they're the answer to somebody else's prayers. Some of you, he said, those letters of commendation from and to and from. Some think that they might be the answer to somebody's prayers, and some people may think that you are the answer to my prayers. But we find out that we're insufficient within ourselves. I cannot be an adequate husband without the sufficiency of the Lord. I could be a man that exists and do the best I could do. I could not be an adequate father. Uh, we might be adequate in, in maybe just getting by, but I couldn't be what I'm supposed to be in my own sufficiency. I was a a husband and I was a father before I was saved. And I couldn't do anything back then according to what God has done for my family since then. We're not sufficient within ourselves. As independent as we want to be and as we want to think we are. As independent as we want to act. There's some things that we just can't get done. There's some things we can't handle. There's some things we can't do without. You go back and look at Philippians chapter number four, verse nineteen. The Bible says, Paul said this, this same Paul said, But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches 
My God shall supply all your need according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Now that's not our sufficiency, that's His sufficiency. That's not we supplying our own wants, desires, and needs, but God supplying. He says, and my God can supply all your needs. It's a good thing to walk around and just strut around. Boy, God's been good to me and He supplied everything I've ever needed and everything that I, I could need. God's always been right there. That's a good testimony. But Paul said, that's not my only testimony. My testimony is not can only God supply my need, but my God can supply all your need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. You know, many times our wants are not our needs. We, we spend a lot of time like that. Our wants are not our needs. Sometimes things are a necessity or some things we just can't do without. When it comes to our world that we live in, there are some things we can't do without. When we, when we have this crime in our world, if we're going to have crime, then we need law. What would this world be if we didn't offset things? What if things didn't counterbalance and counteract one another? But our sufficiency is not within us. If, it, if we're going to have crime, then we need law. If we're going to have greed in this world, and we do, if we have greed in this world, then we need contentment. Don't we? We need things to counteract and offset things. If there's going to be greediness, then there needs to be some contentment somewhere. Somebody needs to be a little bit satisfied with something. All right? If we're going to have chaos in this world, we've got to counteract that and counterbalance that with that chaos with order. And we're going to have chaos, it looks like, from the Garden of Eden till this morning. It looks like there's going to be chaos in this world. You turn on, I, I, I about quit this. Sometimes I still do on a Sunday morning. Don't even turn the TV on much, but when I do, I try to not watch news. You know, if I, I, I try to not get too downtrodden before I get here, alright? Or you can watch the news and you see we live in a chaotic world. So if we're going to have chaos, then we're going to have to have some order somewhere. We just can't do without it, alright? If we're going to have lies in this world, then we need to have truth somewhere in this world. Counterbalancing and counteracting. If we're going to have division, then certainly we're going to have to have unity somewhere. If we're going to have hate, then we're going to have to have love. There are some things we can't do. If there's going to be sin, then we're just going to have to have God. Can you imagine a world that doesn't have anything in it but crime and greed and chaos and lies and division and hate and sin? Can you, can you imagine a world like that? That's all it's got in it? And, and if it were left up to us and our sufficiency, that's all that would be in it. It would only be crime, it would only be greed and chaos and lies. Even with all those counterbalances that we've got, we still have that. And if we didn't have those things to counteract it, certainly, friend, that's all this world would be. Chaos. Left to ourselves. Because our sufficiency is not within us, our sufficiency is in Christ. That's what makes us enough, alright? Man's basic need is a spiritual need. You ask a man if he's needy, and he'll go to tell you a list of things that he needs. Oh, boy, I gotta have this, and I gotta have this, and I gotta have this, and I gotta have this. But basically, our greatest need is a spiritual need. A lot of times, and I'd say generally most of the time, and 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 because of the people that won't let it happen, I, I have to say maybe there's a few. But if you get that spiritual need fixed, 
You'll fix those other needs. You'll have something to work on them with anyway. The idea is simply this, my friend. There's some things that we just can't do without. You go back and look at these verses there in verse number 4, if you would, for a minute. I want you to see this, that without Christ, we can't accomplish anything. We can accomplish nothing. He said in verse number 4, And such trust have we through Christ to God. What trust? Well, he said, well, we, we didn't need those letters of commendation to or from. Then he gets to verse number 2, You're our epistle written in our hearts. It's written on those fleshly tablets or tables of our heart. Boy, the, you're our, 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 our commendation. You're our recommendation. He says, manifestly declared in verse number three to be the epistle of Christ ministered by us. Written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God and not in tables of stone, but in the fleshly tables of the heart. He said, I've got you in my heart. And boy, there's proof enough. There's commendation enough. I'm in your heart and you're in my heart. That commends us one to another. Then he goes on and he said, but our sufficiency is not within ourselves, it's within Christ. And verse 4, he says, all this happens through Christ. And such trust have we through Christ to God. We don't have sufficiency within ourselves and we can't commend ourselves to anything. We can't be commended. What we've done or have not done because all we are is that chaos and that sin within ourselves. He said, I want to tell you this, but through Christ. And without Him, we can accomplish nothing. You say, I don't know, I know a lot of people not even saved, and it seems like they've gained a lot of stuff in this world. I'm glad you put that last phrase in there. They've gained a lot of stuff in this world. Did it all without the Lord. They did it all without God. Well, let me tell you something. Oh, they don't even know Him. They do everything they do without Him. I don't agree. I believe He reigns on the just and the unjust alike. I believe some folks are just uh, benefactors of God's grace on His people sometimes. I believe they, they're just hanging around close. <laughs> I believe God's not doing what He ought to do to mankind. I believe God's still that God of grace and that God of mercy. And those that are saved say, say praise God, amen to that. God's a God of grace and mercy. And those that are not saved have still got a chance as long as He's that kind of God. So we all still got that hope within Him and that sufficiency. You think they... Listen, that person that doesn't even know the Lord, that person that's not even saved, and they're out there gaining the things of this world, they're still getting their breaths from God and their heart beats from God. They're still getting their life from God. It came from Him. It wasn't some decision mom and daddy made years ago. It was a decision God made that they were able to come to this planet Earth, be born here, go through the miracle of birth itself, and through the miracle of child rearing. And it is a miracle if you can get them raised. Anybody can get through that. He said, I'll tell you what, without Christ, you might make it in this world and you might get along and you might, you might even suffice. But without Christ, you can't accomplish anything. You just won't have anything. John 15, 5 says, Jesus said this, I'm the vine and you're the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. Those folks think they're living it up out there. They, they have to go have them a, a, another beer or another, another shot of something or, a, or, or another pill or, or another, something else to, to, to raise them up above the level that they're on or to bring them down. 
I want you to understand they can't accomplish anything. Because the Bible says that you can gain this whole world and lose your own soul. And then you have accomplished nothing. A life wasted. As a matter of fact, without Him, it's an eternity wasted. All that's going to be in hell, my friend, is waste. Wasted opportunities. Wasted lives. Wasted on the things of this world and trying to get ahead. I'm declaring to you without Christ, even Himself. He said in John 15, 5, well, For without Me ye can do nothing. But the same Paul in Philippians 4, 19 says, but, but through Jesus, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Our sufficiency, verse 5, is not in ourselves. It's in Him. Don't come up here and start bragging to me what all you can do, have done, and are going to do. I had to declare to you, you can't do a thing without Him. Oh, no, I made it so many years without Him. No, you didn't. You were just living on borrowed time and grace. Mercy of God. You see, He's still in control. He still owns what He made. He hadn't sold it out. He hadn't given it away. No, you said, that's the devil's terrain. That's the devil's prince and power of the air and all that. I tell you, God's still in control of all that. One day he's going to let it go. He's going to burn it up and he's going to throw it away and he's going to cast it into hell. All right? But the idea is right now, God's still in control. He still owns and he always has been, always will be. Owner and guide. See, without Christ, we can accomplish nothing. Friend, I don't know why you'd want to take another day without him, try to make another trip without him. And even as a saved person, why you try to make a decision without him? Why you try to be anything without him? Because without him, you just can't accomplish anything. Have you ever tried it? Maybe a saved person here today could testify a little bit and say, you know, preacher, I got out on God. I kind of quit reading my Bible and I didn't pray quite so much anymore. And then I got to where I didn't go to church much at night. And then I, then I got to where I'd skip Sunday school. And then I, then I got to where I just didn't go. I missed a Sunday or two. And then I'd go back and try it again. And then, and then I got where I just didn't go at all. I just got out on God. I broke my fellowship with Him. Broke my fellowship with the church. I quit on everything and everybody. Tell me during that period of time in your life, whether it was seconds, minutes, hours, days, weeks, months, years, you tell me how much you accomplished. You tell me how much you gained. Don't you want your preacher to stand here and say, stay with God? Don't you want your preacher to stand here and say you can't accomplish anything without Him? You may go out there and semi-survive. You may go out there and get by. You may go out there and even make it in this world. But you'll accomplish nothing. I remember when a preacher used to preach. and You have to sit there and say it's becoming a fading memory to me. I remember how Brother Terry used to cry and pray over us and, and scream and yell and crawl on the floor and wave his hands and preach hard and preach soft and whatever it took to try to keep us at the house of God. But I got away. And since that day, I hadn't accomplished the first thing. I might have gained a whole lot of what this world had. But now I've got nothing to show. He said, I don't need those letters of commendation and from you or to you. I don't. You are my 
letter of commendation. You are my commendation. <clears throat> Without Jesus, we accomplish nothing. Without faith, we're acceptable in nothing. You just can't do without faith. Boy, that little faith, it, it, it was real weak, but God came by one day and saved me and it got strong. No, you didn't have any, you was dead. Faith came with the hearing of the Word of God. As the Word came in, faith came with it. That seed of faith was planted with that seed of the Word. And I'll get to that a little more in a minute. But without that, without that faith, faith that comes from God Himself, Without Christ, you can accomplish nothing. Without faith, you're acceptable in nothing. Hebrews 11.6 But without faith, it's impossible to please Him. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Well, I don't have to have my faith in a lot of areas now. I kind of got that in control now. I got that in check in my life. I don't have to use faith in every area of my life now, I got some things conquered. I got some things under control. My mother always told us not to call anybody a fool, but the Bible calls you a fool. There's no area of your life where you don't need Him and His sufficiency, and there's no area of your life where you don't need the faith. At verse four again, speaking to us, it says in. Such trust have we through Christ to God. And such trust have we. Now, I'm not saying that trust and faith are all the same thing, the same word, but that trust is what he's talking about. He said, without that faith, you're not going to be acceptable in anything. He said, because without faith, it's impossible to please God. It's impossible. You think you can be saved without faith? Well, by grace, you're saved through faith. You can't please God without faith. So, so if you're trying to please God on your works and what you can do and your abilities and capabilities and all of that, if you think God's looking at you and getting impressed, I know some preachers, I think, kind of feel that way. I believe I'm so good, I impress God when I preach. I handle that so well, God must be going to pat me on the back and say, well, good job, son. Well, that'd be sweet. That'd be great. And I'm not going to say that God doesn't commend us and God doesn't that doesn't love us and show us that. But I'm telling you what, my friend, there's nothing I've done. There's nothing I can do or will do that'll be acceptable to Him except it come by faith. Because that's the way God works. God works in salvation by faith, not works. By faith we're saved. By faith we're, we pray. God's not going to accept a prayer. It's not a prayer of faith. You know, I, I hear folks pray out loud, and some people get nervous about it when I preach this way and say, I don't pray out loud at church anymore. But I hear folks giving God a lot of instructions while they pray. Tell Him what His Word said. God, you know you sit over in Isaiah... Yeah, God knows what He said over in Isaiah. You don't have to remind Him and tell Him. He wrote the book. He's the author. Present every time it's read. Only author you can say that about. I want you to understand something, my friend. 
I hear him give him instruction what he needs to do. God knows what he needs to do. He knows what he wants to do and he knows what he's going to do. And he don't need any help from us. You fishing talkers in tonight, praying preacher. I'm just trying to teach you how to pray and what about praying is all about. Jesus gave us a model prayer. It didn't have any of that in it. As a matter of fact, even when he said, Father, give us our daily bread, he wasn't instructing God on what we need. God already knew. He was calling on God for his supply. Okay? Without faith, we're not acceptable in anything. We're just acceptable in nothing. But boy, we pray. James 1 6 said this. He was talking about men wavering back and forth, being blown and tossed about and all that. He said, Well, but when it comes to praying time, let him pray in faith. Let him ask in faith. Nothing wavering. We're saved by that faith, and without it, we're acceptable in nothing. God said, You can't please me without faith. It's impossible to please God without faith. There are folks that think that if I go to church enough, if I give enough, if I do right enough, if I quit enough things, God will be happy with me and maybe He'll let me in. That's not the way God works. It's not about what you have done, will do, can do, or won't do. It's about what He has done. And by faith you accept what He has done, or you will not be accepted. And then your prayers by faith. You, really, you know there's really no need of you praying if you don't believe God can do it. Or God will do it. Let me tell you a little bit about prayer this morning now. Sometimes prayer is talking, sometimes prayer is listening. Remember that. I prayed for two hours this morning. You mean you talked to God that long? You don't have that much to tell Him. He knows more than that about you anyway. Sometimes prayer is listening. Prayer is always changing things. Some folks think they've got enough power, enough sufficiency within themselves that they can pray and move heaven. <laughs> move the heart of God. And I hear those kind of statements and things made, and I'm not saying that it doesn't touch the heart of God and it doesn't move it, move on his heart. I'm not saying that. Some folks think they can ring a bell in heaven just because they pray. Our prayer is not sufficient without faith, y'all. It's not how beautiful you can pray or what all you can say or do. Our prayer must be of faith and nothing wavering. You've got to believe God can do it. Asking in faith. Prayer is always changing things. But it never is changing God. When you talk to God, and that's prayer, you can say about anything you want to to Him. Some folks think they've got to say, Oh God, thou that is the high residence of heaven, and God knows where He is and who He is, but He don't mind hearing from you. As a matter of fact, He tells you He wants to hear from you. You know, I've learned something. He really, He really listen to whatever you got to say. You don't have to be impressive with your words. He'd say, oh God, I'm hurting. He'd say, I know. Well, God, I was thinking. He said, yeah, you bad about that. Well, God, I won't. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Well, God, they, they, they're going to have to. Yeah, I know about them too. You talk to him any old way about anything. 
I said prayer is always changing things. That's what it's all about. We have to have prayer, y'all, not to straighten God out and get things done in heaven and get things done in earth. We don't have to have it for that. We have to stay, we have to stay in communication with Him. So when we talk to Him and tell Him what's on our mind and what's on our heart and what's within our actions, He can talk back to us and say, yeah, and this is what's got to change. Yeah, I know what you want. That's not what you need and that's not what I'm going to give you. Sometimes he says yes, sometimes he says no, sometimes he says later, sometimes he says better. I'm not going to do it your way. I had other things in mind. Okay? So without him, he said let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. Without faith, we're not acceptable in it. God won't even accept our prayers. By faith we walk. 2 Corinthians 5, 7, For we walk by faith and not by sight. By faith we walk. Every step we take is a step of faith. You don't know the truth. It really is. But we walk by faith and not by sight. You may tell you about us being sufficient within ourselves, verse 5. If we walk according to sight, where would you go? What would you find yourself doing? Where would you go? If all you did was walk by sight. Well, you'd be following everything that looked good to you. Don't we have enough trouble with that anyway? Without faith, you would, you would, you would follow everything that caught your eye if you just walked by sight. You know how I know how to stay out of casinos? Do you? From what I hear, it's a sight to behold. If I walk by sight, I might want to get interested and go see what one looks like at least. Boy, my cousin said, man, they got blinking lights and bells and whistles. It's exciting like a circus, man. I said, how you know? Man, they got food everywhere. They got a buffet. You can eat all you want. They even got a place to keep your kids. Free drinks. I said again, how you know? You know how I got enough sense to stay out of that as good as it sounds? Not in my sufficiency. I'd go by where everybody else goes if I listened to everybody else and want to go by what this flesh says. You know how I got sense enough to stay out of that kind of, you walk by faith and not by sight. I'm not meaning to be ugly. But you know how I got sense enough to know to look at this woman right here stay with her and love her and this be my one and my only and my sweet and, my... and not to follow every woman that looks good to me. It can be done. It is being done. Oh, she's getting old. The old, old, old lady they call her. She's not getting old we are. She looks as good to me as she did 35 years ago. You know how I got sense enough to not chase every skirt in town? Preacher, don't talk that way. You ought not to talk like that. People are doing it all the time. Madness, folks. 
Somebody better preach it. Somebody better tell it and try to stop it. Because if you want my sight, that's what you'll be doing. It's not my sufficiency. I'd be like every other whoremonger out there if it was left to me. It's his sufficiency. You know how I got sense enough to keep those rolled up cigarettes out of my mouth and that liquor bottle away from my lips. Those needles out of my mouth. You know how I got enough sense to not do those things. It's not my sufficiency in me. It's His sufficiency in me. Without Him, I can do nothing but mess up and fail and tear up. Yeah, I know how you do it. You're a preacher and you all can't do things like that. Preacher do anything you can do. He think anything you think. He can act any way you act. He can say anything you say. We got on flesh and that's all called of God to do these things. That is not my desire, but the only reason I got sense enough to not be laying out you in a ditch somewhere is the sufficiency is in Christ and not in me. Without Him, we can do nothing. Without faith, we can do nothing. Without this Word, we can have assurance of nothing. Verse 2 said, You are the epistle written in our hearts known and read of all men. Preacher, who's right? How do we know what's right? How do we know what's true? There's so many different denominations and preaching and teaching. Who? How are we going to know? Well, if you leave the Roman Catholic place going to another one, they send you a letter of commendation. It goes with you. You send out letters. You go here, you go there. Commendations. Other Protestants from place to place or put in those places, moved about, shuffled about by the commendation of man. How do we know who's right? How do we know what's right? Paul, this guy said so and so, but you're saying so and so. This guy said you can you can believe in Jesus, but you still got to follow the points of the law. Judaism, be Judaized. You got to go back to Judaism. A lot of people are doing that in this day. And Paul was preaching freedom in Jesus. Come to Jesus, be saved by the grace of God, by the mercy of God, be saved. You'll be free forever. And they're saying that's good, but you got to add circumcision. You got to add points of the law. You got to still do those things that Moses said. He said, no, those old letters. Kill. But this newfound grace, this New Testament that He's given me brings to life. So, so how do we know who's right? He said, verse 2 again, Ye are our epistle. Written in our hearts. How do I know what's right? Have you ever questioned those things? I laid on my back one time on a starlit night laying out there on the ground. I do weird things sometimes. I was a grown man. I wasn't a kid. Count stars. I was just laying there looking. I was pastor of the church. I was looking at all those stars. I'm trying to look past them. Look between them. 
And I got to thinking, you know, like we do somehow. So what if this is all not true? What if it's just not right? What if what I'm preaching is a lie? I was laying there looking at it all that, saying, what if all this is just not right? What if I've been wrong and we get to the end of this thing and those old atheists were right? What if? What, what if? God don't care you for you asking things like that. Oh, I wouldn't ask God anything like that. I did. What if all this is just not right? What if I'm wrong the atheist is right? And then all of a sudden it's like, hey dummy, what are you looking at? Couldn't count them. Stars everywhere. That's the epistle written in my heart. Creation tells me it's right. Then I walk up in here. If this wasn't right, y'all wouldn't come every Sunday and listen to me scream. That'd be dumb. That'd be real dumb of you for me to come point my finger at you and spit in your face and cry and holler and all that kind of stuff. You wouldn't do that every Sunday if there wasn't something to this. You'd get sick of Tootie War within two weeks. Two minutes probably. If there wasn't something to this. Ye are our epistle written in our hearts. God called me. He called me and saved me. And called me and told me to go preach. And I've been watching him work ever since. Ye are my epistle written in my heart. God wrote me a love letter in my heart. He said, look here, Tootie. I gave you old Donnie. Now, we've been cousins ever since I've been alive. We've been friends all that time. But he made something special out of it, Brother Donnie. He said, look here, I gave you old brother Donnie. Another little epistle written in your heart there. And all over this room. My youngest, that was my boy all his life. But he made something special out of it. Another epistle written in my heart. Another little love letter. All over this room. You are that epistle written in my heart. What Paul said to that church, what I say to you, that's what we say to each other. This is what makes me know it's all true and right. When I see what God's done for me, and when I see what He's done for you. I can't give credit or blame to anybody else but God for all I'm looking at. Amen. Let's stand together.